0: Welcome to Fresh Coast Jazz Backstage, the show that gives you a chance to hang with today's top contemporary jazz artists. I'm your host, Carl Brown. Hey, everybody. Thank you for tuning in today to Fresh Coast Jazz Backstage. Excited about our guest today. He's somebody that if you listen to Smooth Jazz Radio, you've been hearing a lot of him over the last few years, more and more and more of him. And I have a sneaking suspicion that you're going to be hearing even more of him going forward. He's been making his own music for a few decades now. In addition to being a musician, he is also a music teacher. He has worked with the likes of Smokey Robinson, Mesa League Incognito and he's got some work that he's doing recently with Pieces of a Dream. In fact, I think coming up at Berks, he's going to be with Pieces of a Dream. His saxophone playing has been, as I said, getting a great deal of play on radio over the last few years and really his sound is, it's funky, it's infectious, and it really kind of just makes you want to tap your feet and bob your head. So, please welcome to the show today, Mr. Carl Cox. Carl, welcome.
1: Well, How you guys doing? Alright?
0: We're doing good, man. We're doing good. I, I know, there's an automatic kinship here because you're a Carl with a C just like me. And so I knew right away that (laughs) we'd have a great conversation. So thank you for taking time.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah. So I'm going to start. Carl's a South Jersey guy and his Philadelphia Eagles had a valiant attempt this year, but unfortunately came up a little bit short. But that had to be a (laughs) lot of fun to be enjoying your team's great success, though, this past winter.
1: Well, I mean, we all bleed green over here. Even in South Jersey, we're so close to Philly. I mean, I consider myself a South Jerseyan, but I'm also a Philadelphian because it's 15 minutes from the bridge. But yeah, Hertz is killing him over there. He's going to be a franchise for sure. So
0: Yeah, no doubt about it.
1: We're excited. We're really excited about it.
0: Yeah, good for you. Good for you. That's always a little fun. So yeah, I got to start by asking you to walk us through how your musical journey started. How did you get into playing the saxophone and wanting to be a musician?
1: Well, like everybody else, it started with a teacher that I, have, that I had okay. in elementary school. And she recognized my talent as a third grader Wow! trying to play recorder in a classroom setting. Okay. And she said, okay, in in about three weeks, we're all going to play Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star and Uh all these little tunes. And I wind up playing them three times as fast as they should have been played. And I didn't realize what I was doing. I was like, and I'm killing the recorder. Wow. So she said, wow. She said, you need to start taking up an instrument. Okay. So I took up trumpet and I was really mediocre. Then I took trombone and my teacher's like, oh man, not this kid again. <laughs> they said, your general music teacher said you were so talented on the recorder. And I said, oh, well, my grandfather played saxophone and he was a semi-professional player and he learned by ear. And he says, you tell that music teacher you want to play sax. Okay. And I did. And within two weeks, my teacher recognized how much I had adapted to to that wow. saxophone as a woodwind instrument. So I just found, by chance, I found my friendship with the saxophone as a woodwind player. Yeah. And it was an immediate spark. Wow. And he started feature me as a soloist in fourth grade.
0: Wow, no kidding.
1: That's yeah, amazing that's how it just was a matter of finding the right instrument for me. yeah, and yeah it bonded with me.
0: That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Were you like was like were you around your grandfather? Was he when he was playing or did your parents play when you were at home or
1: so I was lucky to have my father played guitar. Okay. And he played in the church and my mom sang and they would have local television news that would record them playing. For church services and those kinds of things. And he played a little Rhodes. He had a Rhodes at the house. Yeah. He he would try to teach me like popular songs at the time by ear. Mm -hmm. And my grandfather at the time, I was lucky enough to hear him play once or twice. He actually used to have a band called Stardust and they played for the Mobsters back in the 30s and Ah, the 40s.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: So he would go to Philly. And they said, hey, I hear you're a great player. The word got out. He was a player in the 30s and he played on a, it was a two-tier building. And they said, we'll let you live on the top tier building on the second floor if you play for us every night. Wow! So his trio played and he was able to stay and live in the second floor in Philly for a few years.
0: Good for him.
1: Yeah, it was unusual to me with the gangsters. And yeah, the-
0: <laughs> I-, I bet he had some great stories to tell.
1: Well, I think he he, he kept it to himself a lot. Okay. He didn't want to really want to talk about that because he was Pentecostal and he found yeah. religion later in his life. He didn't really talk about that stuff, but I was so curious about why, how he got wrapped up with playing music and yeah, He eventually gave his gift of music and started. He would sing a lot and play organ at his house. And okay. he played a lot more religious hymns and that kind of stuff. Yeah. But he wouldn't talk. He didn't talk too much about it. But I found out later through my aunt, who was the firstborn okay. in the family. And she said, yeah, he played for so-and-so. And wow. He did then I had no idea. Yeah. His background. And I wish I would have known more. I would have asked him more questions.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine. I can imagine. It was
1: Kind of a fascinating time, you know, with the Roaring 30s and the big band stuff. And oh, people yeah. were yeah. Li- that whole scene was jumping with live music.
0: Oh, yeah. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. That's cool. That's really cool. So uh, being a saxophone player, was, was contemporary jazz something that you kind of always thought you would get into? Or is there a way that, that you found that genre or that genre found you?
1: Well, I think I was lucky to have a really good teacher. And his name was Bill Garden. He And he's still with us, thankfully. Okay. And he would write on the back of a manuscript book on the notes that we had of all the players I should be listening to. Oh, as, cool. As just a reference. Like, you need to listen to so-and-so. Yeah. And he put in Gerald Albright and Eric Marienthal. And he put in Najee and all these other artists, including big band guys, Dexter Gordon. Yeah. And John Coltrane and all these guys. He put on this list and I would go and buy the records. Okay. So I was kind of lucky to have somebody who was very influential to, to kind of hit me to that as, a, as an eighth grader. Yeah, yeah, that's really and, neat. And I So I got a chance to do, I got an ear for contemporary jazz listening to, I'll never forget it, it's Jared Albright's album. It's the only album he did that was more straight ahead, and it was live at Birdland West. Okay. And it's a more contem- contemporary straight ahead jazz, but yeah. it introduced me to him. Yeah. And he really played on that. And I I put that thing on repeat for years.
0: Okay. That's pretty cool. So now your music is like, I don't know, like it's really upbeat. It's really, it's infectious music. I mean, for me, when I listen, it's very infectious, right? How do you, like, what are you going for in your sound? How do you describe your music?
1: Well, it's a really good question. I'm always trying to find people that collaborate with that can help find the sound that I want in my head. And I'm not, I don't know if I labeled myself as particularly a smooth jazz player because that smooth jazz description can be, I think, maybe confused. Oh, so yeah. it's like, well, what is smooth jazz, right? Well, I, I consider myself maybe contemporary jazz yep. because I like to put a little edge and I like to have a little bit more ability to throw in some more vocabulary that I've learned from some of those older artists. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I like to throw in that jazz vocabulary. So I don't want to really have, I guess, a, a limiter on mm-hmm. myself, mm-hmm. I, where I can explore a little bit and be a little, I'll be a little more funky oriented and throw in some ideas and licks and and kind of keep things exciting in in my music. And I want to be able to bring a listener in that doesn't really know jazz, yeah, yeah, and bring them into my world and say, hey, listen, you don't have to be a jazz listener to listen to my music,
2: yeah, yeah.
1: I just want to have great groove, great impact. And one of my favorite bands, who I have the good fortune of touring with when they're in America, and sometimes abroad when they need me, is Incognito. Yeah. And I, I've been fortunate enough to grow up with that music, too. So. That kind of flavor and that acid jazz element, yeah, I love to stir into the pot and keep it a little more interesting.
0: Yeah. But you said so much in that answer. I tell you, like, one of the things that I think is so cool about your music, and I think this format, and for some artists in this format in particular, is that you're absolutely right. Like, I think jazz is, for a lot of people, jazz is intimidating for a lot of people, right? But the music that you make and the music that others like you make, it's opening up the genre to so many people because there's something they can connect with in it, right? Right. Exactly. And I think that's so important for the format and so important for the genre. And then you mentioned Incognito. I tell you, I was really, really trying to get Incognito to play our Fresh Coast Jazz Festival this year, and we weren't able to make it work. And so, but that's a band that I've always loved. Tell me about that experience. What's that experience like playing with those guys?
1: Well, I've been really lucky in this business. I mean, there is a little bit of luck, and yeah, I've been—I was on the road with—I've been on the road with Mesa, wonderful art, singer, yeah. amazing singer with Incognito. Yeah, she's on her—you know—she's doing her own thing now for the last—I don't even know how long now, yeah. twenty years or some so—and she's got a new album coming out that's awesome. Cool. But she—I've been touring with her, and throughout my tours over the years, I would keep running into. A lot of artists and one of them being Najee. Yeah. Yeah. Who's one of my favorites? He's amazing flute and saxophonist. Yeah. So we kept running into each other and he would hear me play and we started talking and following me and I, I was following him and he happened to be in the UK and said, I was doing some recording and their saxophonist can't get over to the United States because of some kind of issue with his passport. Okay. So he said, I got a guy for you, Bluey. Okay, I got this guy Carl Cox. You got to get him on your gig, <laughs> and he called me. That's awesome. And he awesome. said, "I want to try you on the Incognito gig." And then we walked in on rehearsal, and he they flew me out to Detroit. Okay, that was our first, my first gig a couple years ago. And I sat, I sat right in with the band, and we didn't even rehearse.
0: No kidding. I played
1: played the gig just with the book.
2: Yeah,
0: okay. And,
1: and he's like, "Whenever you want to play with Incognito, that's it's cool." Yours. That yeah, is cool. Then, so now I just do all the stuff in the United States, and they asked me to do a Japan tour in December, but unfortunately, family life got yeah, involved. Yeah, so but it's been but they're touring in June. Yeah, and I'm going to do a 10 day tour with them in June. Oh, good, good. And a couple other things maybe coming up in the. I think they might be doing a West Coast thing in November.
0: Okay. 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 I got to try to figure out that June tour, see if I can catch a date or two on that one. That would be great. So, yeah. And interestingly, Najee, like just the coolest guy, he played our festival last year and I've gotten to know him a little bit and just the nicest guy in the world, yes. such a great musician. And it doesn't surprise me that he's, that's where you're, that was the connection because he's always connecting people.
1: He's awesome, like, that. Yeah. He's, he calls me up and he says, yo, I want to introduce you to so-and-so, You, this is it. Yeah. And then we'll talk on the phone about radio and yeah. the business and he's just a really accommodating, yeah, sweet person, sweet, really sweet person.
0: Yeah, know? I he said something to me once that I will never forget. I was talking to him about this very thing, about how he's so open to helping other talent progress and he made a great comment, he said, Just because somebody else is winning doesn't mean that I'm losing, right? And that's kind of his philosophy and approach to things. And so that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. So your musical inspiration, Carl, like when you're creating, where does that inspiration come from? How do you find that thing that you want to turn into a song?
1: That's a good one. So I kind of try to pull upon all those I guess, influences from my experiences from my past and those records that kind of stuck with me. Yeah. And I have a particular sound, like I'll give you a perfect example. This just happened. Okay. I'm in my car, maybe about, maybe a month ago. Uh Uh-huh. And I hear foreplay on the radio. Okay. One of my favorite bands.
2: Yeah.
1: And they're edgy and they're contemporary. Yeah. And I I thought they had this tune on there and it was called, I think it was called Sunny Moon. Uh Uh-huh upbeat, real upbeat joint. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, this is, I'm feeling this. And it's, kind of vibing through my soul and I said I need to kind of come up with a vibe similar to this cuz that's I just got inspired by something I had heard. Yeah. I called my good friend Chris B- Big Dog Davis and I said I want to I want to do a tune that's original but you know with this tempo in mind and this kind of feel and he says I got you. Okay. And within within a day he gives me just a blank track. Wow. Just a track with drums, a little keyboard and a little bit of bass sample and I wrote melodies to it and a lot of times when I write my melodies and stuff I'm singing the parts and I'm I use a keyboard and I try to use that first so I can then play it on my sax. And once I start playing and I record it and I listen back and I say, let me simplify this. Let me go back and harmonize this. And it is done sometimes within, I'll have a track done within two hours sometimes. No
0: kidding. Wow.
1: Yeah. Other times it takes four or five months. Yeah. Yeah. So whenever I'm hearing on the radio and at the time and it resonates with my soul, so to speak, I can... come up with something and it's been interesting
0: just before our interview i interviewed larry carlton
1: who of course legend legend, yeah yeah.
0: and we were talking about some of those foreplay years and i was making a point to him i asked him about how do you ever think about how just how many with all the iterations of his career how many lives his music has touched right and unbelievable yeah same for you like like when you're out there on stage what is that what do you take away when you see people enjoying you you exercising your gifts
1: I think that's the ultimate gift yeah because you spend your entire life I don't think people realize they see you on stage yeah but they don't know the journey
0: yes yes
1: that took you to get there. Yes, yes, and the daily grind of continuing to develop your craft as an artist. Yeah, and it's that's the part where my wife is truly an angel.
2: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah.
1: And my son, and I'll say I'm almost on this track. I'll be up for dinner in a, yeah. a minute, and then I'll say I'm so sorry it took longer than I expected, and I, I still practice every day hour two mm-hmm. hours a day and and developing your craft and i think that's that that is something that really is it takes a lot of understanding yeah but yeah i mean it's a journey that never ends yeah and it will never end as long as you're continuing to try to better yourself yeah
0: yeah and you know that you raised a really good point there too and that i think you guys make it look so easy right and but you know like people don't see all that goes into it behind the scenes like in your case you're a professional musician you're a music teacher as well right and and so that's a lot going on. That's a lot going on.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, it doesn't always feel like work to me. Good. because it's, it's gratifying to just create music and then hear young kids
2: yeah.
0: and
1: students perform at a very really high level and you try to squeeze it out of them. Yep. And myself, I had a really good teacher who who never settled for second.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And yeah. that mentality was infectious. It just I mean, but the mascot for the school that I work for is a they're called Spartans. Okay. Yep. And I always joke with Chris Big Dog Davis, he's I'm a Spartan and I won't let up until I can break <laughs> through. And he always calls me sparts and we always laugh and it's funny. That's cool. But yeah, it's a never ending journey. And you yeah. never stop learning you never yeah. stop learning. So to answer your question, yeah. When I'm on stage and I have one solo or two solos that yeah. I wanna on Answer. It really is kind of those five minutes and ten minutes of a solo with incognito. Let's say uh-huh. is really wrapped up in those last thirty-five years. Yeah, and it pays off when the band members turn around and they look at you and they give you a smile. Uh huh. Uh huh. And you're like, okay, thanks. I did my job. That's you cool. Know? That's mm-hmm. cool.
0: So yeah, you've been making music for a while, but like, what are some of the goals you have for your career over the next three years, five years, or or so?
1: Well, I mean. Like everyone else, I want to get on a lot more live situations where I can feature myself Mm -hmm. and my band Mm -hmm. and just display that to and that energy to the audience. Yeah. And I've been fortunate enough to have some opportunities to do that. And that's that little by little it's growing and more and more people are starting to follow me and they're starting to see what I do on stage live and. They seem like they're very appreciative. And every time I finish a show, somebody says, Man, the next time you play here, I'm gonna be here.
2: Yeah. That's I cool. just
1: saw so and so and man, your show was killing. Yeah. And I was I said, look, that's we just want to we're all friends in and in, in the band and we toured with Mesa. I use Mesa's band too. We're all from Philly. And we've just been fortunate enough to be able to make music. And I want to continue to grow that platform and keep making records and playing for more and more audiences around the world. It, The more I can get in front of people, the better.
0: Yeah. I got to tell you, as a promoter, what you said is so key is that, like, I think one of the things that I would like to see more promoters do differently is to introduce. It seems like a lot of times at the festivals and the events, it's the same artist over and over and over again, right? And I'd like to see more new artists introduced because i think there's value one to showcasing that new talent but two what i find about the fans in this genre is that if you're good man they will latch on and they will become loyal in a heartbeat and when you like when you get on stage and you're not just playing your instrument but you're putting on a show
1: exactly right
0: that's people want to see that people are dying for that so kudos to you man
1: yeah, and that's the other element is when you're a sideman for all those years, you don't have you don't have to do that.
2: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. But
1: when you're the artist, all eyes on you, they yeah. want to see the great musicianship first and foremost, yeah. but a dynamic interaction with the crowd, that you can work the crowd and you can get them involved with what you're doing and you encompass everybody with you on the stage. It's not you just spewing music to the crowd, you're bringing yeah. them in with Yeah,
0: you. exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that makes all the difference in the world. Well, let's listen to some of this good music you've been making, man. How about we? Sure. How how about we spin? Can't hurry love.
1: Oh, okay. That was like three singles ago, and Uh that came. I think that came out maybe last. I think it was October. Okay. That was released, and maybe yeah, somewhere actually, it it might have been before that actually. Okay. But yeah, that was a nice little like latin kind of flavor that i did with chris big dog davis
2: yeah yeah well all right well everybody
0: this is today's guest carl cox with can't hurry love just heard can't hurry love and carl when you were talking about that song you mentioned working with chris big dog davis who's like one of the top producers and he's an artist in his own right in in this genre what is it like you got it you have a new some new work coming out soon too where you've got chris on some pieces as well correct
1: yeah so i have a new album that's coming out and it's going to be available March 17th, three days from now, Friday. All digital outlets will have it. So I have about five songs with Chris Big Dog Davis on there. Yeah. I also have my good friend, Stephen Turpak, who I collaborated with. He's he's played with everybody and he's written and arranged for people like Bruno Mars. Yeah. Everybody, you can imagine, we're really good friends. And then my good friend, Adam Hawley. Yeah. I'm sure you, I'm sure you know. Ex- oh, yeah. Yeah. Guitarist extraordinaire.
0: Yeah, we had Adam at our festival last year.
1: Yeah. Adam's amazing. And we did a song together and we collabed and put it on the album. And then basically a keyboard player. He's also on the road now with Jill Scott. Okay. Playing flute and keyboards, Damon Bennett. and We always did a few tracks together as well. And he's incredible. So uh, the whole, uh, the whole album is actually called universal language. Of course you can piece the, you no know, right the, pu- the puzzle together for what that means, right? which I thought was really cool, but yeah, so that's coming out on Friday. I'm really looking forward to it. And uh, all the artists bring something different. The producers yeah. have their own flavor and it was kind of unique to go up and down a dial, so to speak, to sure. get some different flavors on the album. So. Yeah, that, yeah. I, I'm really happy with this album. And I think it's really going gonna something special for people. Yeah.
0: Well, and for you, the creation of this album, was it a like, did you come up? Was there an idea for the piece in its entirety or was it works that you've been working on and you felt like, hey, these kind of go together or how did that come about?
1: Well, it's a collection, I would say, of just a lot of different collabs and some of the singles that I have never put on an album. So I'm putting about maybe four singles I've already released into radio. And then I have a seven new songs that haven't been released.
2: Yeah. And yeah. I wanted
1: to p- kind of put them all together and compile them. So there's r- really no particular global yeah. thing with the record. Okay, But other, I always tell my students, and this is what kind of where it came from, in the back of my brain, I, I tell them about learning jazz standards. And if you know this, you can't even communicate with somebody that lives in Japan. If they speak Japanese, you don't speak Japanese. Yeah, I said, you don't speak a lot of languages. I yeah. said, but if you show up on that bandstand where every life takes you, you call tenor madness or B flat blues, they're all going to say, ah, they're going to hear it just by listening to what the standard is that you play. Yeah, And it, I said, it's the universal language. And I said, you got to learn repertoire and you got to yeah. learn this language and music is a language. And that's where I came up with the title.
0: That's cool, that's really, really cool, so for you, what would you say is the most rewarding thing about being a musician
1: ah there, i I would say the gratification of people and enjoying what they're hearing from what from what you put out because your music is so personal, yeah, yeah, it is and I was afraid for a long time, honestly that People would reject my music as an artist. Hmm. And I think some people actually, I think a lot of people have that. They just don't, t- don't talk about it. And I was afraid to be labeled, let's say, cause I play a lot of straight ahead jazz too. Yeah. And I wanted to come up with something that merged my two loves of smooth jazz, funk, R and B. And the vocabulary of straight ahead. And I didn't really feel secure with myself to be able to do that because I didn't want to be in a box.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: So I really didn't do it for a long time. And then I finally, during COVID, I said, you know what? I'm just going to do this and I'm going to put it out there and just see what happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I ponied up <laughs> some of my promotional fees and to get the record out. And I went with a promoter. And the first single that I put out, Yeah. Immediately called on to my friends at XM Watercolors.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And from that point on, we've had a really good relationship with singles. And uh, that's great. The billboard radio stations have been really, really, very friendly with me. And yep. So I continued and, and here we are.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So what was it that got you over that fear? Was it the fact that, Hey, this COVID thing made me realize that life is short or that yeah. the world changes on a dime. Like what was it that got you over that fear to say I'm going for it?
1: Well, one, I had too much time on my hands. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> right, 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 right.
1: And I was like, well, let me just collab and we'll, we'll collab for a year and yeah, we started putting songs together, and every time I put a song together with a melody or an idea, I would send it back to my friend. My My friend, Damon Bennett, really helped me with my first record. Yeah. And he says, he would call me, and he doesn't normally call you. He, okay, okay. He's got to be very impressed, and he calls me. He goes, man, what are you doing over there? Uh-huh. He says, You really, really like making some music out of these huh. rhythm tracks, and he says, that joint is banging. Okay. I said, hey, man, that really makes me feel happy that you said that, yeah. and he goes, Yo, this is for real, man. You're putting out some amazing ideas, and he says you got to keep going. And we decided push forward, and we came up with maybe five tracks on that first record together before okay. I collab with other artists. Yeah, yeah, and they kind of snowballed from there. Uh huh. So I got over to fear and I said, you know what, I'm going gonna, gonna to do it. And I had an avenue in the genre already since yeah. I was playing as a saxophonist to a lot of artists. Yeah. And I figured, well, this is my time to share this with them.
0: Well, we're, we're glad you did, man. Why don't we take a, a listen to another one of your songs? This one, I love the title of this one. This one is Stick With It. Ah, uh, yes. We just heard Carl Cox with his, it was his hit song, Stick With It. So when people are listening to your music, what are you hoping they they take away from it or get out of it?
1: Well, I try to create stuff that's, I always say, feel good music. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because I want to take you away from the everyday stresses of your life. Yeah, And everybody's got stress at some point in the day. And being an artist, I want to take that stress away. And I want you to just enjoy moving around. Tapping your, like you said in the beginning of the interview, yeah, tap tapping your foot to something that you just go, oh man, I love the feel on this,
2: yeah, and it yeah. takes
1: you away to another place for those four minutes, yeah, yeah. And, and if I can do that and take you on that, I did my job for those four minutes and trying to bring out some high quality musicianship and really putting time into the instrument and creating a voice that is clear and articulate of everything I in my my well-being and just get that listener to go oh yeah what was that he played there oh, oh i don't typically hear that uh-huh spin the Spin the dial a little bit, just sideways. You yeah, know I mean? that's But at the right. same time, get your toe tapping.
0: There you go. There you go. There you go. Well, you're, you're accomplishing that, man, because that's definitely what I get when I listen to your music. So that's good. That's a cool thing. So, Carl, we have this game we play on the show. It's called Bout It or Doubt It. So if you're bowd it, it's something that you're into. <laughs> if you doubt it, it's something you're not oh, into. Boy. So right. can, we're going to twist your arm and get you to play with us today, all right?
1: All right, I'm all in.
0: All right, let's, let's do it. I started this.
3: That's the one If you buy them, up. get them up. I mean, you buy them. I, I mean, you buy them. We say you buy them. I represent. I represent It's, 99. it's 99.
2: 99.
3: I doubt it.
0: All right. So, Carl, we're going to spin the wheel. We're going to get you a category. And then we're okay. going to ask you a couple of about it or doubted questions. Got it. All right, Carl, your category today is around the house. All right. So about it or doubt it, house cleaning. Doubt it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: If my wife was here, she would definitely be giving me the, the dagger. Uh-huh,
0: uh-huh. <laughs> your, your wife and my wife would be doing the same thing.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Getting dagger. She's not even home yet. You no. Know?
0: Yeah, yeah. See, I was cool with it when I was single many, many years ago. I was okay with it, but I don't know what happened when I got married where, like, I'm okay with making sure the stuff is handled outside
1: of the house, right? Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Making sure the snow's done and the grass. Well, now, I may not do it myself, but I get somebody to do it, right?
1: But- well, here's the thing. <laughs> Every time I was about it, she would always doubt it there because I go. did it wrong. Right. I did it wrong. See?
0: <laughs> I see. It's I see. I knew we had a kinship, man, because the last time I tried folding towels, my wife came in and she looked, she went in the laundry closet and she redid them all. I'm like, I'm done. I'm done, yep. man. I'm you done. did no
1: wrong. Get out of the way. Exactly. I'm going to do it myself. Yeah, I get that all the time. So I just said, you know what? I'm not doing it. Yep. You're going to do it.
0: There you go. I'm with you on that one. All right. How about one more about it or doubt it? About it or yes. doubt it? Grocery shopping.
1: Oh, boy. Well, I would say, hmm. I'm about it.
0: Okay. 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 I, I
1: like, I take my son, he's eight. Yeah. And I like to say, hey, buddy, you know, you pick out your cereal. You okay. Know? And I try to, I pick out, I like Italian cheeses. And yeah. When I get some special bread and it doesn't mean I cook. Okay. I just like okay. to shop for the ingredients there sometimes. There you go. That's all right and, though. Um, but yeah, I don't mind it. I like, we have a lot of special markets around here that we have like a lot, a lot of Italian markets yeah. here Yeah. and they're always fun to go check out what they got. Kind of lined up in there. So
2: yeah,
0: I would
1: say, yeah, I enjoy that
2: yeah that can
0: be kind of fun yeah my wife does most of it but I do like doing some of it on occasion I tell you I I really got into I I worked as a meat cutters apprentice when I was in high school and college and so like I really am kind of partial to shopping for the meat right No, because I want to pick it out I want to look at it I want to see it I don't want to buy the stuff that's already wrapped up in the refrigerator counter I want to go to the butcher counter and I want to pick it out myself
1: hey that makes perfect sense to me I'm
0: a little bit of a snob about it but that's all right and i gotta imagine man being if you're an italian food fan man where you live there's a ton of great restaurants aren't there
1: oh oh my god i have a lot of guys that move to different states and they fill Philadelphia, south philly is it was some heavy italian influence yeah and then a lot of it moved into the suburbs near me yeah and so there's italian restaurants everywhere i yeah. mean yeah but when they move from philly they they miss it because it's not the same mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so my wife's Italian. Okay, so I get some of that when we go over her parents' house, and yeah. are, they gravy. They call it a gravy. Yeah, one. yeah. Meatballs and the sausage and the raviolis and she makes are just dynamite.
0: Okay, so, okay,
1: yeah, I'm spoiled with it.
0: Yeah, it sounds like it, man. That sounds pretty good. I tell you, I my wife's a pretty good cook too. But I tell you, there's an Italian a friend of mine owns an Italian restaurant here in Milwaukee that is just to die for. But I have been on been out east and be, eaten at some Italian restaurants that are just phenomenal, just absolutely uh-huh. unreal. unreal. Oh, no doubt.
1: No so, doubt.
0: So, Carl, how do you know when a song is ready to be released to the
1: world? Well, do you mean a single, or do you mean just yeah, single, uh, a, a single? Yeah, okay. Well, I, I like to get a lot of opinions. I'm one of those guys that like I trust certain people's ears, and I probably shouldn't do that, but I want to have that gratification that hey, yeah. listen, are you hearing this the same way yeah, I am? Yeah, and most of the time they are. But if I give a couple options, some people say this or some people say that. And generally I go with my gut and I let my promoter decide what song he feels would be the most unique original. And he's been really good about that.
2: That's
0: cool. And
1: he goes, I think this song is more you. Yeah. This one's more genre specific, but you need to be unique to yourself. Yeah. And I think you should do this one. That's cool. And that's kind of how I've been rolling with it. So I usually have more than one option for the music is always all the tracks. I feel on like the record I've done, even if they're not singles, I feel very strongly about each one being a single. Yeah. And I just have to let things kind of go sometimes and people decide in the business that what's what best fits the industry sometimes. And that's a hard pill to take sometimes. But yeah, yeah. I just roll the dice with it. And that's let it, cool. Let it happen because I I love them all.
0: Yeah. And when you when you release it, are you on pins and needles, kind of waiting to oh. see, or are you just like <laughs> it's gone, it's out there. Let's do. Let's move on.
1: Well, yeah. Especially when I go for singles, right? yeah. radio. I'm pacing all Mondays because okay. that's when you get the reports. Yep. So I'm waiting for that email and I'm checking my email, swiping <laughs> every ten minutes. Oh, come on, come on, come on. <laughs> And usually the, the first ads are usually really good for me. I've been really thankful and lucky for that.
0: Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. What's something your fans would be surprised to learn about you?
1: Oh, that's interesting. I think if we're going to go outside the box here, yeah, I love music. Of course, that's my. It's not just my. It's it's my whole spirit. Yeah, but I would say one of the things I like to do in my spare time with my dad, who I'm lucky to have, yeah, in my life still is. We just go fishing cool in in the Poconos and the lake. We love spending all day out there fishing. And I'm almost just as dedicated to that when I'm on the water that I, as I, as if I'm playing my horn.
0: Yeah, that's cool.
1: Getting outdoors with my dad and my family. That's something not a lot of people would know about. And it's a fun thing for me.
0: Yeah. 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 Does it is it a relaxing thing? Is it the camaraderie with your dad? Is it?
1: Yeah, a little, I think it encompasses all of that. Yeah. Yeah. And just being out on the water and it's just, you take a breath and you just look at the, you know, the Pocono mountains and you're just like, wow, okay yeah this is life right here
0: yeah that's cool that's really cool i think that's one of the things that when you get out you have an opportunity to get out in nature and have something that you can connect with and that removes you from all the things that you do all day every day and gives yep. you that, that piece of that sense of calm and peace that's pretty cool that's pretty yeah cool. definitely so do you remember the first concert you ever went to
1: see oh my god oh i think the first real concert that I went, oh, man, I got to dig down deep on this one. <laughs> there's there's one in particular that I remember seeing, and I think it might have been Everett Harp. Oh, wow. Yeah. And he's an amazing player. By, he really is. I mean, Really amazing. Yeah. And I saw him in concert and he signed the CD. He had, he didn't really make a lot of CDs actually as a solo artist. He only made, I believe two. And I got hit, I got a chance to meet him and hear him. And it was just, it was amazing. My parents took me and I was like, whoa, this is what I want to do. Yeah. Yeah. And I got a chance to do the same thing shortly thereafter at Berks. Okay. And coincidentally, I was in high school uh, okay. when I met Ch- Gerald Albright for the first time. Cool. And he brought me backstage. Wow. He talked to me and we had a little conversation and I was like, I had like a first chair jazz band in New Jersey, Allstate. Okay. And I told him what I was doing and he gave me a few words of wisdom and he signed the CD and that was a really cool moment. And I think those two really stuck out early on. Uh Coincidentally, now I'm playing beat Burks with pieces of a dream and it came full circle finally all these years so yeah. it's kind of really kind of cool
0: i'm actually coming out for that show your show with pieces of a dream at Burks.
1: oh awesome i would be weeks. good to so, see you yeah, it'll, oh, yeah yeah
0: yeah so we'll get a chance to say hi hopefully in person but yeah i'm really looking forward to that that's going to be that's going to be a lot of fun
1: yeah that's going to be dynamite and bobby lyle is going to be there yeah with pieces and so i get like i get a chance to play two of my singles the okay. two latest singles Cool.
0: Oh, that's going to be a good show. That's going to be a really, really good show. Yeah, I'm bringing a couple of my friends out that grew up in Scranton but have never gone to Burke. So we're all meeting up and, up and going to be doing the weekend. So get
1: your coffee ready. That's a late show.
0: Yeah, we'll be fine. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll, well, yeah, we'll be okay. We'll be yeah, okay. I'm ready.
1: <laughs> I'm ready for it. Then I got to do the midnight jam too. So yeah, yeah, we'll be all, we'll be, we'll be rocking that place.
0: Yeah. That's going to be a lot of fun. So given your life's experiences, Carl, what, what advice would you give your 13 year old self?
1: Oh, that's a good question and I, and I immediately go into my teacher mode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> as a 13 year old player, I would say don't take yourself so seriously mm-hmm. and be willing to take chances. Yeah. And if there's an opportunity that you're not you don't think you're ready for, do it anyway, because you'll find a way to make it work.
0: That's cool. That's really cool. And,
1: and that's happened to be a few times where I missed an opportunity because I was didn't think I was ready, but yeah. I was. And yeah. I should have moved on it. And uh, looking back, there was a few missed opportunities as a young 13-year-old player, even in high school. So I think that would just don't take yourself too seriously and be yourself.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: And if it is to be, it is up to me.
0: There you go. There you go. My teacher
1: always used to say that.
0: That's all right. That's great advice. That's great advice. Well, let's listen to one more of your songs. How about we listen to Breaking Away? you just heard today's guest, Carl Cox, with his tune breaking away. So, Carl, if you were having a dinner party and you could invite any three people living or deceased, who would be at your dinner party and what would be on the menu?
1: Oh, man, that's a good one. (laughs) Wow. I'm going to have to have a huge dinner party for that one because there's so many people. Wow. Musicians, right?
0: It can be anybody. It doesn't have to be musicians.
1: Oh wow, that's really tough. I would say Bach. Oh, I would wow. like to yeah. get inside Bach's brain for just an hour. Yeah, with an app- appetizers and what is he thinking? Yeah, and musical genius. Yeah. I think that would be one. And I would say honestly, it's just. I mean, Barack Obama. Yeah. Was. When I listen to him speak, he is so influential, and I just love everything he says when he speaks. I would like to sit down with that man, yeah, and just talk about how you made it to the presidency of the United States, yeah, yeah. And what was your, how was your journey for, to get there? He's an amazing, amazing motivational speaker, yeah. And let's see, my third guest. Mm, well, it would have to be my grandfather. That All right, there you go. Because. I never had a chance to talk to him as an, really as like an adult. You know? yeah. He had passed a little too young for me to appreciate yeah. what his life was about. And yeah, I mentioned some of him earlier yeah. and I, I would really like to see some of the things that he went through and he was, he lived a pretty interesting life. He yeah. did a lot of different, a lot of different things that Sounds I never like really it. knew about. So those three. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: That would be a good dinner party. What's on the menu?
1: on the menu oh my goodness let's say we keep it simple we're just going to do a little chicken wings little mac and cheese there you go and we'll put a couple different beers up on the table a dark beer light beer (laughs) there we go there we go little limoncello nothing fancy keeping it real there you
0: go that sounds all right man that sounds all right what about your three favorite albums of all time what would those be
1: well, I mentioned Gerald Albright live at Berlin West because of the influence it had on me. I would say that's number one. Man, and it's lead. let's see anything by Shaka Khan. Yeah, oh I'm yeah, I'm all over that. I love her. We played her. We played a lot of her music at my wedding. Actually, me okay. and my wife share the same love for her. Uh huh. Oh man, I would say anything by Prince.
2: Oh yeah, there you go.
1: Any of those records by Prince because of that that jazz funk element he brought in the pop. Yeah, yeah. That's a big characteristic of my sound. I talked to Naji about Prince because he toured with Prince. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was interesting to get inside his brain. Yeah. So musical genius, today's musical genius. So right off the top of my head, I'm sure there's many more. Yeah. There's three. Those kinda,
0: are those are three pretty good artists, though, to put on that list, though. Those are two, three pretty yeah. good ones to put on that list. So you mentioned a little bit about what you got going on with the new album coming out in a few days and some of the touring. What what all does the rest of 2023 hold for you?
1: Well, I have this album coming out. I'm trying to I'm trying to push it as much as I can. I'm selling it at Berks. Yeah. And I really wanted to push to have it ready for Berks. And I have a couple other big festivals I'm being featured on and I want to. I want to continue making music other than that, collaborating with other artists. And it's been I've been lucky because yeah. me and Chris Big Dog Davis collaborate all the time. And he gave me a track that was, I don't know if you're aware, but we lost an icon in the jazz industry, Wayne Shorter.
2: Yes, I am aware.
1: And he, of course, was influential on me with Weather Report and all that amazing music. So he gave me a track, didn't tell me what it was. Yeah. And he just said, Hey, I want you to play saxophone on this and just do whatever you hear.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: And literally, Wayne Shorter had passed the day before. And I didn't put anything together, honestly. I just played and heard different elements on there. And I, I really played on it. Yeah, I put some jazz vocabulary on it. And it was a more straight-ahead tune. And yeah, I sent it back to him. And he calls me. He goes, listen, don't change anything you played. Just send me the stems. Okay. I said, okay. I said, "What? what is this for? He goes, I'm featuring you and me. And it's going to be my next single in May. And we're going to tribute Wayne Shorter. Wow. And it's going to go for radio. Yeah. And I said, so what's the name of the song? He goes, are you serious? And I said, what do you mean? He goes, when Wayne passed, I said, are you serious? And we came up with this mysterious straight ahead jazz thing. And that's I'm really looking forward to seeing how radio is going to take this single with me and Chris Dog, Big Dog, because it's a little off the yeah. The beaten path of smooth jazz.
2: Yeah, yeah. And
1: we're trying to, we're trying to, we're trying to bring more people into that. So I'm excited about that. And uh, the Incognito tour. Yeah, is coming up, and I have my own shows coming up, and my CD release is April 6th. Yeah, Lot We're to do it live, and the fall brings another Incognito opportunity. Awesome. Hopefully more more shows with Mesa Leek. I love her. Yeah, and booking shows. Hopefully more for this year and next year.
0: Good, good. Well, man, I got to tell you, it has been an absolute delight getting to know you and chopping it up with you a little bit this afternoon. Oh,
1: man. Likewise. I
0: I appreciate your time and we wish you nothing but the but continued success. Can't wait for that new album to drop. And I'm looking forward to seeing you at Burke
1: soon. Yeah. Likewise. Let's grab a we'll grab a cocktail together. That
0: sounds like a plan. I look forward to it, man. We'll make that happen for sure. Yeah,
1: that would be great. All right. Thanks for coming
0: on today, Carl. My pleasure. All right. I want to take a moment to thank our original and ongoing sponsor of the Fresh Coast Jazz Festival, Laffey Lightner and Good. LLG is Milwaukee's premier civil litigation firm with a national reputation for big firm results. For its clients, their relentless commitment to clients in the courtroom is matched only by their authentic and consistent commitment to their Milwaukee home. Thanks, LLG, for supporting Fresh Coast Jazz. And also, time to get your tickets for the 2023 Fresh Coast Jazz Festival, August 25th and 26th at the Historic Pabst Theater in Milwaukee, featuring Larry Carlton, Paul Brown, Julian Vaughn, Rick Braun, Lynn Roundtree, Lindsey Webster, Ollie Silk, and Jeff Ryan. Tickets are on sale now at FreshCoastJazz.com. That's our show for this week. Be sure to check out our website, FreshCoastJazz.com, to sign up for our email list so you can stay up on what's going on with contemporary jazz. We'll see you next time on Fresh Coast Jazz Backstage.